welcome to episode 232, Permission to Do It Your Way with Kirsten Morrison. Today, I've invited my beautiful friend, Kirsten Morrison, to come and join me on the podcast. Now, I've had Kirsten on a couple of times, and she's had such a shift in her business that I asked her to come back and talk to us all about human design and breathwork and how they have impacted her business, herself, as well as how it's given her the permission to do things her way. So if you feel like you are multi-talented, if you feel like no matter what is going on in the world, you feel like you're looking at everybody else doing all the things and you just feel like some of those things just don't work for you, or you feel like you get caught up in doing all the shoulds when you just want to do it your own way, then this episode is definitely for you. I'm not going to go into it too much because I'm just going to let you experience Kirsten and our awesome conversation. So let's just dive straight in. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. I'm super excited to explore this conversation today to talk all about breath work, human design, and our need for permission. And to do that, I've invited my beautiful friend, Kirsten Morrison, to join me. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Again, I know. It's like old times. <laughs> it's it is. Fun. And thank I just, you, you know, how much. Back. Oh, my pleasure. You know how much I love talking and we just jam so well. And I think there's been so much that you can share in your recent journey in your business that I think would be really beneficial for a lot of other people to hear. So just to get started, I'd love for you to share the most recent elements of your journey. So what's changed since we spoke on the podcast last, if we start to consider the last couple of years? Oh my gosh, so much has changed. So I think the biggest change is that I leapt full-time into my business. And, you know, I think last time we spoke, I was still working full-time in a job I'd been in for 10 years. And that was a big decision. You know, I'd gotten to the point of like the end of, 2019 where juggling both anymore just wasn't working you know I was you know starting to take on breathwork clients so I was only having you know one half day a week and I was doing breakfast club once a month and I was trying to juggle both doing so much taking on coaching clients doing them after hours you know I'm sure anyone who's had the side hustle versus full-time job (laughs) juggle they know that balance but you know it had gotten to the point where it just was not working anymore and you know I just felt like I was dropping the ball everywhere And I realized that I had to take that scary leap and and fly the nest. So I, you know, quit my job. I had like a long sort of leave period and went full time in my business straight into COVID. (laughs) So the irony of waiting for the perfect time for years, just like juggling both and like putting myself in burnout basically to like wait for the perfect time and then went straight into COVID. So that was an absolute baptism by fire. And, you know, I, shared on my Instagram a couple of days ago about at that time as well I think because I was internalizing so much stress around that that journey and what that was going to really look like and heading into that uncertainty um, you know I had a really really bad outbreak of perioral dermatitis which basically covered all around my mouth in this kind of like angry beard rash and then under one eye as well so I was not only navigating this completely new 
phase of my life, but I was also navigating what was kind of this inner turmoil for me, like happening on my face and still having to show up and still having to run programs and do breakfast clubs and, you know, host my course and do all of these things um, with this really outward symptom of everything that I was teaching. So it was a really big um, initiation for me, not only into the world of entrepreneurship, but also into myself and really this whole new level of self-trust and self-belief and the first three months were definitely quite challenging (laughs) with both of those aspects but you know after I kind of you know I quite often like if you've ever seen that um it's like a meme but it's a video of this kid and it's like what overreacting looks like and it's this little kid who's hanging onto a rope and he's like screaming in the water and then his mum just pushes his legs down and he can stand (laughs) and I was like that's literally what my first three months of entrepreneurship was like it was like me holding onto the rope screaming and then being like oh I'm actually fine (laughs) (laughs) so um after that you know everything started to really you know pick up and snowball and all those sort of things but um you know from there you know really diving even further into the breathwork part of my journey and you know taking so many beautiful women through um you know this seven step process that I have you know in the breathwork um you know taking on more coaching clients and you know also then through all of last year you know what I was really looking for was um more permission to be myself and I know that's what we're going to talk about today but you know a lot of what I started to realize particularly when um, you know when you're kind of doing it and you have an income revenue on the side it's such a different mindset to be in than when everything is your responsibility and I started to really was was viewing business a lot differently viewing my business a lot differently and what I really started to butt up against in the first, you know, six months, you know, the first three months, I was obviously that child on the road. But after that, after I started implementing a lot of, um, you know, I hired this coach, you started doing all of these things. And a lot of the systems that I was being told that I needed to implement in order to have success just did not sit right with me. And, you know, I feel like I had done so many group programs, so many business courses, so many things where I'd gotten to the end of it and just thought, why am I always the exception to the rule with these things? Like, why do I never feel like this is this not working for me? Like, why do I always want to like rebel against like everything? Like none of it just feels like fully natural to me. It always feels like I'm like putting myself in a box that I don't belong in. And so in this sort of discovery of myself to figure out why that was, I came across human design and I had a human design reading for myself and it was, I'd never felt more seen in my whole life of just really like being like, oh my God, like this is why <laughs> I always have felt like the exception to the rule because I'm not here to follow the rules. And, you know, none of us are, we're all here to create our own. So that was such a big permission piece and such a turning point for me. And I started to sort of play with my own human design experiment across the end of last year. And then at the end of last year, I decided, you know, I'd put the signs off so long, like all year I was like, no, Kirsten, don't do it. You've already got so many different modalities under your belt. You don't need anything else. (laughs) But I just kept ignoring the signs, kept ignoring the signs. And then I was like, um, I was in a coaching program at the end of last year. And, you know, I was asked, you know, what are you pretending not to care about? And I was like, oh shit, human design. (laughs) So I, you know, really just accelerated and and completely went into a deep dive. I took like a month off, you know, Instagram and all of those sort of things at the end of last year to really dive fully head deep into the human design study and launched that element, you know, at the start of this year as well. And since then it's been a real 
um, weaving of the coaching, the human design and the breath work together to really support people to come back into a space of self-trust for themselves and really ownership of their inherent worth and ready to empower their own individuality in that process as well. Ooh, love it. Love it. And I think so many can, so many people can feel that way when they see others succeeding at certain things, or there are so many different ways to do business, right? Like, and I think that it can be so confusing and overwhelming to figure out like, what am I supposed to do? What's going to work well for me? What, and it can be really, really um, challenging to look within and go, hang on a minute, like, why isn't it working for me? And sometimes like, I'm always a firm believer that the universe always, you know, rejects certain things for us because it's not the right path, right? And I think that I love that you've discovered that for yourself and understood that, you know, you can do things your own way and it totally works for you. And even if it doesn't, it's totally fine as well. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? You know, why I was so hesitant at the start of my journey to really experiment with the things that worked for me is because, you know, I had so many people, you know, who were further ahead in my journey being like, no, 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 this is what you should be doing. And I was sort of asking for feedback and getting so many conflicting, you know, opinions back of what I should be doing and what works. And this is the method and this is what you should be doing. And, um, you know, I didn't have enough trust and hadn't built the proof yet that like, okay, so if I did the exact opposite to what everyone else is telling me to do, that has the success that I want in business, like, how would that look? And like, if I'm, you know, even though I wasn't like new to this, but I was new to, you know, full-time entrepreneurship. It's like, why would I do things my way? Like when everyone else is telling me something different. So it was a huge initiation into self-trust and also just this moment of, well, if I'm doing something that doesn't feel good to me anyway, then why the hell am I even bothering doing my own business? Like, obviously we enter entrepreneurship because we want (laughs) something that's fulfilling for us and we want to feel good doing it. So why would I go against that and like feel like I'm swimming upstream every single day to do what everyone else says is the way to success Mm. when I could just jump in my own slipstream of magnificence and just float downstream and everything becomes more effortless. Yeah. And so I want to ask, because like, I can imagine someone listening to that and going, yeah, it's all good and well for you to say that, (laughs) but there is so much fear attached to that because it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Like you just said, there's evidence over there to prove that that has worked for them. Why couldn't it work for me? Even though it doesn't feel right. So like, is there a way that you explain the difference between fear, right? That it's actually like the indicator that this is actually just a little bit of fear because it's something new. I've never done it before this way. And I need to learn it to get more confident in it compared to it's not right for me. Yeah. So actually the easiest way I feel like to explain this actually feeds into um, what is our, not what's called the not self in human design. And um, basically all of the energy types, I know we're going to dive into this a little bit deeper, but all of the energy types have basically what's called a not self. And it's like the shadow emotional aspect of the not self. And for me as a manifest and mine is anger. And I was like getting increasingly angry <laughs> as the year went on. I was like, building this like incredible frustration in my body. Like I remember being like, you know, on a, on a call, like a group coaching call. And I was just like, I was getting angry. I'm like, this is, this is fucked. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, I'm like so pissed. Like, why am I doing this this way? You know? And I think, you know, for the other energy types, there's frustration, there's bitterness and there's disappointment. And I feel like if you're feeling that in your body, like that is like a sure as hell sign for you that, that it's not right for you. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that 
fear is that sort of like, oh, I want to do it this way, but oh, what if it doesn't work? You know, there's like that kind of like inner dialogue where you kind of want to do something, but there's a little bit of resistance there because your logical mind is trying to override what your body is really telling you or what your emotions are really telling you. Mm. And there's so much body wisdom. I think like, you know, we, you know, have so much, uh, you know, inner intelligence in our body that's trying to guide us in the right direction. It's really that logical over-rationalizing thing that's like trying to tell you like, oh, no, no, but, you know, that five-step system is what you should follow. And this like, you know, proven method of success is what you should do. And just like be patient. It's like that sort of like inner dialogue that's talking you away from what your body's telling you. So I think like for sure your your body's wisdom and your emotional intelligence is probably the biggest key to that yeah. as well. I totally agree. And I think that we've been trained or conditioned to not trust our bodies. And yeah. for me, like my journey for sure, I've always been in my head and getting into my body and actually trusting and, and building that deeper self-belief in the internal knowing has been an absolute game changer for me. And breath work has definitely, you know, facilitated that shift for sure. Mm-hmm. So I want to explore this a little bit further. So I want to talk about breath work to begin with, to actually help us get out of our heads and back into our bodies. So I think that's a really beautiful modality to do that. And then I think mm-hmm. we should definitely dive into that in human design. Are you cool with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So talk us through firstly, like I, I see the way that I see breath work is literally quieting the mind down to the point where, it's not interrupting anything and you're literally allowing your body to share with you what it needs to share with you. It's an absolute, like, I just can't even explain what breath work is. It's just phenomenal for being able to release any emotions, to be able to let go of any old traumas, to be able to really allow yourself to truly listen with what's going in with your body. So for those people who are listening, have never heard of breath work before. Can you give us the definition and give us an explanation of what breath work is? Yeah. And, you know, you just saying that, I feel like I get so many people who say that, you know, coming to breathwork is like having like six therapy sessions in one go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because we're not in our, our logical mind. We're not trying to rationalize or process or, you know, we don't even have to, you know, find the root experience and all of the other things, which can be really powerful in terms of the mindset stuff as well. But, you know, as you know, there's so much that's still alive in our body, no matter how much of the mental inner work we do. And, you know, breathwork is really a conscious connected breathing technique um, that supports you to come into a state where you essentially like exactly what you said, drop out of the head and are in the body and the mind quietens down and the body has an experience to actually create an opening in the body for stagnant energy and emotion to come through. I guess the visual representation of that would be if you imagine like a balloon kind of like expanding out (laughs) in your body, that's going to allow all of the, the tension, the stress, the trauma, like all of the things that sort of trapped in the body that we suppress to, to come out. Um, Also breath work, one of the biggest things is that it regulates the nervous system as well. So we have a band of resilience in our nervous system, the same as when we're, you know, developing our neural pathways and our core beliefs from zero to seven, we're developing our nervous system, our belt of resilience there as well. So anything that kind of happens within that band of resilience, um, where our body just is fine with, like that's sort of like something that's within our normal coping mechanisms. But anything that happens outside of that, our body um, can store. And when we're in prolonged periods 
of being outside of this band of resilience, that's when we start noticing those um, symptoms of hyperactivity. So, you know, anxiety, stress, like constantly needing to be busy, you know, like sitting on the couch and being like, oh, I should sweep that <laughs> thing over there, like always needing to be moving and on the go um, in that kind of more fight or flight energy. Or we can go into more dissociated sort of fatigue, you know, low energy, almost depression. We can go into those sort of stuck off symptoms of the more freeze um, and appease as well. So the more that we spend outside of that band of resilience, and you know, we are in such a reactive, high pressure society. So we not only, I guess, are always pushed to the edge of our nervous system anyway, but we've kind of got like a backlog of experiences in our body that holds us hostage so close to the edge anyway. So we're so many of us are experiencing this kind of reactivity in our life because we're not allowing a all of those old experiences that you've got bogged down in your body from your entire life um, but also um, all of the you know emotions that we don't take time to process daily <laughs> the energy that we're not shifting daily because we're so stagnant and we're pushing everything down anyway so we're not clearing out the backlog but then we're also in constant um, experiences where we're in a state of reactivity and you know our nervous system is still so much geared towards a life that doesn't even exist anymore. And, you know, we take on the same amount of, like we take on, sorry, more information now daily than people in Shakespearean times took on in their entire life. So we are like just constantly bombarded with things that are coming into our inner world. And breathwork gives you the opportunity to clear some of that out so that you kind of come back into a more resourced state and you know I had you know a woman who came in you know even last week um, and she was suffering from you know incredible amounts of anxiety and since her breathwork session which was over a week ago she hasn't experienced any symptoms of anxiety at all and sometimes it's just about shifting that energy in the body to come back into a space of like our true nature our true resourced grounded energy um, so that we can not only clear the experiences of the past, but actually come into a sense of sense of self that can actually allow us to take steps forward in a more powerful way too. Mm, absolutely. And it's literally like coming back to yourself, like coming back to this knowing of like, hey, I can just be this person and yeah. not be constantly triggered. So I think another way to explain it, I guess, would be to like every like experience, memory, uh, everything that we've been through in the past has an emotional trigger in the body unless we've processed that emotion at the time, right? So it's like we have a new situation that might happen and then that triggers past experiences unless we, you know, release that backlog. And so it's very freeing. It's very liberating, very, uh, it's literally like a lightness. Like the only other way to describe it from my experience with it is literally like releasing and letting go of any heaviness and weight and it just leaves you feeling so much lighter and like a clean slate like you've literally created a clean slate to be able to walk forth and just now choose what you yeah. want yeah. and I know like you know for you um when we first did our very first breathwork session because obviously you know you're the master of mindset and like you said you had been so in your head up until that point in your journey where you started to lean into the more body tools and I remember like the first thing that you said after our first session was like oh man I thought I dealt with that <laughs> because like it was something that you had like done so much inner work with in terms of the mindset and like the impact that that had in your mindset but not where it was still alive in the body and like yeah. that's such a key thing I think for us to recognize is that we can do so much work 
on the mindset, but that experience is still alive somewhere in the body if we haven't actually shifted it. And for me, like all of my most profound breakthroughs have come through some sort of somatic release or exercise, because like I said, like there's so much of the way that we are moving through the world that is really as a result of what is alive in our body. And for me, like so much happened, like my posture changed, my ability to speak more confidently and clearly changed. I got so much more certain of who I was, my purpose. Um, You know, I remember like, I think after I'd done my first training, I saw someone I hadn't seen in ages and they were like, oh, your stutter is gone. I'm like, I had a stutter. Like, (laughs) it's like, but it's like, you know, that like, that like kind of nervous waving kind of energy in my voice um, was a result of so much of that, that, that energy that was in my body, that nervous hyperactivity energy that was still like so trapped in my body from so many years of kind of like being on edge in my nervous system. So to be able to release some of that energy, like you said, exactly the coming, coming home to yourself, like coming into this space of more assuredness in yourself as well. And I think sometimes people don't, you know, if they do know a little bit about breathwork, I think sometimes the reason they don't come in for a session is because like they're worried about you know what they might have to face or you know when you hear about that like oh god like have to release you know experiences or emotions and like what's that going to look like and what's that going to be like and it's almost like worried that it is going to be like a traumatic experience but you know I feel like it is exactly like what you said like everyone comes out of it feeling so light and grounded and free and you are in such a safe beautiful like held nourishing space and I think it also just gives you permission to experience um, a deeper connection to emotions as well and just like allow yourself to process and sometimes people don't process any emotions at all so I think like there is no like this is what a breathwork session looks like I got asked that question the other day what can I expect from a breathwork session I'm like I don't know (laughs) it's like literally different for every single person every single time Um, but you know I think it's not a traumatic experience when you have somebody who's holding you safely as well like there's sure. nothing really to fear from that experience um, it's normal to feel nervous but there's nothing to actually fear from from the experience and there's only reward on the other side mm, absolutely totally agree and so there's lots of different forms of breath work and I think a lot of people can get a bit confused with the type of breath work that you do so would you mind just sharing the differences in the different types of breath work and the forms that you do yeah so there's so many different types of breath work and I would say that the main distinguishing difference between breath work at its purest form and breathing techniques is that there's quite there's quite a difference and I think people think oh I you know I've done yoga breathing I've done box breathing I've done this thing on YouTube you know that is definitely what I would say like breathing techniques if we were going to like distinguish the two um and one I would say is more a like a maintenance or you know like if you were to do box breathing or you know some deep breathing some nasal breathing or something like that in the morning with your meditation um yoga breathing all those sort of things that I feel like is more of a you know a grounding it might be really good just for like a quick interrupter for stress um to just like anchor you back in like you know calm yourself down those sort of things like it's very I think just like a quick like reset or like a circuit breaker um and something that's a little bit like grounding and and nourishing in that moment for sort of like almost self-care or self-nourishment self-prioritization um whereas breath work is really an inner 
body <laughs> experience. It's a journey. Like it's not, um, you know, anything that is like, you know, it's, you know, you're breathing continually for 45 minutes in the version that I do. Um, so you really do go deeply into yourself. Um, and like you said, your mind is quiet. So it's not like you're having this like, you know, intense internal dialogue or trying to make sense of anything or, you know, getting to the root of anything, you're just literally having an experience with your body where you are, you know, potentially shifting emotion, shifting energy, um, you know, a little bit of movement involved as well. Um, but it is very much like an inner body experience. You know, our um, facilitator at Breathwork said, you know, some people take plant medicine and have like an outer, <laughs> an outer body journey. Um, this is an inner body journey. So your breath does put you into like almost like an altered state, but not like where you're out of control or you're not conscious of your thoughts but it is more of a very deeply grounded state where you're having an experience and a journey and a process mm. and for me like I found that also challenging in the way that my mind wanted to take over like my yeah. mind wanted to take control <laughs> wanted to know what was happening yeah. it's the logic side of my brain that I was like okay but what's the process what's going to happen like I needed to know all the information and just even like the first experience was like afterwards I was just like I can't explain what just happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's very like unexplainable. <laughs> and people like, I wish that I could just record a montage of everyone's first words after breath, but they'd be the best thing ever to watch because everyone's just like, wow, what was that? Like, when can I come back? Like, <laughs> what just happened? Like, and I remember a lady a couple of weeks ago, she said, I don't even know how to communicate to you after that experience. Like she was just like, but everyone's just like in awe. Like, you know, I had one lady a couple of weeks ago who said that it was the closest thing she felt she'd had to astral travel, like because she'd just gone so deeply within herself. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so fascinating as well. Cause I think like when we, you know, a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, should I set an intention? you know, it's like, it's that logical mind trying to take over. Like I'm going to have this experience and I'm going to clear this. And I presume this is going to happen and I'm setting the intention to do this. And it's like, no, your body will tell you what it's ready yeah. to be. It's like your I've body. I've had that before as well, like where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to work on in this session. And you're like, like, no. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how it works. Your body will tell you what it needs to work on. And like, how amazing is it though at the end, you're like, holy shit. Like I would never have picked that up. Mm. But that's exactly totally what's happening right now in my life. Yeah, yeah like my most recent breathwork experience of like, an awareness of the disconnection between the masculine and feminine energies in my body. And this feels so woo-woo for me to even talk about. Like <laughs> for those who listen to me on the podcast, they might be like, wow, I've never heard Christina. Of you, yeah. <laughs> but it's like this, it was like an, literally an internal knowing. I didn't have specific education around it. I didn't have a specific like, oh, yes, no, this different, this is definitely this. Like it was literally a deep knowing of like, I felt completely disconnected. There was a, the masculine and feminine energy felt disconnected. I felt a disconnect from nature. I felt a disconnect from my inner self. And it was literally like a coming together. It was just yeah. a deeper connection that was just phenomenal. Like it's, yeah. It's, and I've had so many different forms of experiences because I think I've had like probably eight, nine sessions with you now. Would that be right? Maybe even like 10 or more, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, possibly. Yeah. So, and it's been a different experience every time, depending on what it is that needed to be shifted, like you said. And yeah. Every time that I've come in with an intention, the intentions is like gone right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the fascinating, yeah. And then the fascinating part for me on the other side of that is like, I love 
you know, at the end, like, you know, because I was so drawn to work on like your left side and like, that's where I was sensing so much of like the tension or the stiffness and, you know, really loosening that up and allowing that to integrate. And then at the end, you know, I would say like, oh, there, there seemed to be like, you know, a disconnect of the massive family. Like, wow, that's exactly what happened. Like, it's so interesting for me because I feel like what I observe from the physical body and the energetics of kind of what's happening in the session, like is almost a hundred percent always mirrored by that person at the end like it's so wild yeah, yeah. and it's a journey together yeah yes phenomenal so, so for anybody who's listening that thinks that maybe breathwork might be for them do you have any indication of who you think breathwork's for like I think everybody needs to have a breathwork session but if yeah, there were certain <laughs> symptoms or certain things that they might be experiencing that you think would be the best fit for breathwork so there's I think where you can maybe come from like need and want, you know, I think that they're like, you don't necessarily need to be, you know, having a crisis or in breakdown to need a breathwork session. You know, I had a client last year come and she's like, Oh, I'm kind of in a good space. So I don't really know what I'm doing here today. Like, and I'm like, perfect. Like who cares? Like you don't need to be in a space where you feel like you have symptoms to need a breathwork session, you know? you can either come from a space where like, yes, you might be displaying symptoms, like I said, of the hyperactivity. So you're experiencing anxiety, you're experiencing restlessness, you're experiencing a really busy mind. Um, you know, you can't sit still, all of those sort of like symptoms of hyperactivity. You're constantly on the phone. Like, and I think if you check your screen time, if you <laughs> check your screen time and pickups of your phone, um, if it's uh, over a couple of hours a day, you probably need a breathwork session because that is that like, it's that reactivity in a different way. We're reaching for our phone constantly in this like, like unconscious reactiveness. And it's like a way to channel that reactiveness. So if you're, you know, constantly like reaching for devices or reaching for food or reaching for like whatever that is to kind of like dull that anxiousness down or that restlessness down, I think that's definitely a sign um, that you could definitely need a breathwork session or that you would find it supportive. Um, also, again, in those more fatigue states, like if you're in a space where, you know, there is low energy or there is depression or, you know, even PTSD breathwork is beautiful for as well. So anything that you have experienced, um, you know, where you are kind of experiencing um, even dissociation or numbness as well, like that's a really beautiful way to get you back in connected. Um, if you're really conscious that there has been experiences of the of your past that has um, made an impact on you um, and that might be you know unexpressed or un, like not dealt with within the body as well like if you're consciously aware even if you're unconsciously aware I've had people come in and say I think something happened I'm not really sure and they don't have a conscious memory of it but they know that there's something there that they need to to clear or work on um, basically again like you said all of us like literally every single person on the planet has trauma it might not be in the the, the way that we define trauma like you know when our mind hears that it's like you know we think of you know car accidents and you know things that are really traumatic but you know like I said a trauma is just literally any experience where your nervous system was outside its capacity to cope that's a breakup that's an all-staff email that should have been to one person you know that's there's so many different things that happen every single day that that your nervous system is is pushed to the brink um you know even just the last year like all of us through this pandemic there has been so much strain put on us in so many different ways um but aside from that I guess just from a space of desire like do you desire to be more connected to your body do you desire to be 
more liberated in your emotional expressions? Do, do you, have you realized that you've reached a upper limit of some kind in your life and you're ready to break through that and expand into a new reality? You know, I think it's like, it can come from a space of like, even if you're in a great space of just being like, well, why not? Let's see what else there is and where else I can expand to within myself. And like, you know, it's like, a, you know, exactly like you would hire a mindset coach, a sales coach, like anything where you're doing something from the mindset aspect as well. It's like that space of clearing out things that you might not even be aware of is going to support you to break through to a next level. So it can come from a space, I think, of need and desire. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. And talk to me about in-person versus online. So in-person is a little bit more of a deeper experience because there's the physical touch aspect. So um, basically the way that I do my breathwork sessions is we have what we call a general session. So that's kind of like an all over session. And that's what we do when we first come together, regardless of online or in-person. So that's just looking at the whole body and we're just moving with the body, whatever needs to be released. Um, You know, I'm doing physical touch and pressure points to support you to shift that energy all over the body wherever it's needed um and then from there um we work through if you come on board and want to go through the whole process the seven belts of tension in the body so we've got the eyes the jaw the throat um what's called the thoracic belt so kind of like that heart center the shoulders um kind of like all kind of above the heart to the neck um and then we have the diaphragmatic belt underneath that the abdominal belt and the pelvic belt so i combine those together in five different areas and tee up the um the jaw and the throat and the diaphragmatic and abdominal together as one session um and in those sessions um they're only available in person and that's because of the physical touch aspects and they're almost like little mini workshops so we do kind of activations before we go into the session to activate that belt um and bring the kind of the energy and the focus into that area and then i spend the majority of the time in that session working on releasing the microfascia and any of the kind of um, physical tension aspects of that belt to kind of help you de-armor that space um, and we do specific sessions that are a little bit different to the general sessions that focus in on that area to allow you to shift the energy and emotions that are stored in that space because each area actually stores different emotional expression um, so we work through kind of like releasing any blockages in that space so even for example with the eyes there's a lot in there like suspicion detachment guarding um, so even like moving through and releasing some of the tension in that space allows us to not only open up a little bit more of our peripheral vision but also allows us to um, drop some of that natural guarding that we just walk through life you know shielding people out so there's so much that you can go through in the body as well so that's kind of the difference with the um, in person is there's that physical touch aspect and I also get you tea and treats which you'll have to get your own if you're at home (laughs) so there's like a little bit more of that experience Um, but online we only do the general sessions um, and basically the difference is is in person because I've got the physical touch aspect a lot of it is non-verbal like it's very rare that I'll speak in a session because it pulls you into your head Um, but in the um, online versions I'll give you guided verbal prompts and then instead of the physical touch aspects you might do self physical touch so I might say you know you know just give your arms a little massage give the shoulders a a roll um, you know give the jaw a little little massage I'll kind of give you guided prompts in that way um, to support yourself to shift that energy as well and you've had an online session as well so they're still really potent but it's just that there's no of that physical touch aspect from me so we're guiding you to be able to shift that energy yourself yeah for sure and if you're someone that really struggles to get out of your head then I definitely suggest the in-person because it is a whole other level for sure 
Um, and obviously, I just want to mention that it's Brisbane based because we obviously are Brisbane. Yes. Um, so I just want to mention that just in case anyone's listening that's interstate that is like, well, I'd love to have that. Where does she, you know, do her sessions there in Brisbane? Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. So share with me how an experience with breath work has helped you to step into your level of permission or has there been a journey with breath work before we even dive into human design has there been a journey of breath work that has helped you fully give yourself permission to show up in a different way yeah absolutely and like I touched on before I think there was so much that I was holding in my body you know my biggest limiting belief like up until the point that I found coaching and you know this is why I stepped into coaching was um, the belief that I wasn't good enough and I think even though again exactly like you I'd done like a little little bit of somatics and I'd done a lot of work on the mindset around that and you know was already taking the action to prove that belief wrong and I'd let so much of that go but what I hadn't let go of was um, the resentment and anger and frustration in my body um of why I had that belief and who that was directed at and for me you know multiple of my first few journeys was really releasing a lot of that build-up of um, resentment of why I had that belief and not only in doing that was I able to clear that belief and also remove all of the charge the emotional charge I had around that belief Um, but I was also then able to Um, release any of the resentment that I had towards the person that I felt was at fault for that belief and as a result our relationship is like completely harmonious now you know I don't hold any of that resentment like at all towards anything to do with my childhood my upbringing you know anything to do with that so I just feel like that was such a huge um, huge shift for me Um, but also I think that it did give me the permission to just like I said, like it was so much more of a assuredness in my body because a lot of that nervous energy behind not being good enough, the emotional charge behind not being good enough and the experiences that had held me hostage to that belief was free of free out of my body. So like I said, my posture changed and I wasn't hunched over and kind of sh- like that shy, awkward energy of like being, you know, trying to shield myself. I wasn't trying to shield myself from anything. I was open like standing more powerfully be able to speak and communicate more powerfully because there wasn't that quiver in my voice there wasn't that shake in my voice um but I think also if you remember like you know when we had started our love what you do journey together after I came back from my first breathwork training that was what gave me the permission to let that go because I realized that that wasn't for me and I was being guided into a different space of um more of the energetics so it gave me permission I think to follow more I guess of like my intuitive gifts and my energetic gifts as well and um, step into that arena more and I think just like more of a deep trust with my own body and what I needed and more of a just a trust in my path in general as well because like I said, like those big somatic breakthroughs are like no other. And I think that it just gave me more of a deep sense of like wanting to support people and that I knew that that was part of my contribution. And interestingly enough, in human design, there's like an element where you can kind of look at your um, cognitive gifts and minus touch. <laughs> so like, it's quite interesting because like, it literally talks about like healing with your hands and things like that. And I was like, well, there you go. Like, you know, so I think that was just like a part of my journey that I needed permission to step into as well. And that's certainly what um, doing breath work gave me as well was a deeper sense of trust within myself. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. So now let's dive a little bit further into human design. So 
before we even discover like what human design is, I'd like to know what was the piece, like I know we talked a little bit about how it impacted the way that you do business, but was there any other key piece that was like, okay, yeah, this gives me the permission just to be me? Yeah, I think really the first thing that gave me permission to be me was just my energy type. Like that alone was groundbreaking. And, you know, I think we'll talk a little bit about, you know, human design and the energy types. But for me, like my energy type is a manifester. So I'm literally here to initiate and catalyze change and new realities and inform like that informing energy. And I think so much of the way that I was doing business was in a, in a nonverbal way, asking for permission. And that is like actually completely out of energetic correctness for a manifester. And it just gave me permission to see that the way that I wanted to do things was actually right. And all of those things, like I was saying to you, like why things weren't working to me, because I was trying to follow a system that was already created rather than build a build one myself, which is exactly what I'm here to do. Um, and I think that even just hearing um, you know, so much of like, you know, how they explain, you know, manifestors, like, you know, really just like, you know, here to like, you know, lead, you know, lead, lead their own life and kind of like initiate and do their own thing and all of those sort of things. And I was like, oh, like so much, like even like, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but even just how I would always ask for people's feedbacks or, you know, even on like a comment box on Instagram, like, what do you want to hear from me? Like all these sort of things, like I was constantly seeking permission in my life like am I doing the right thing what do you think I should do what am I doing wrong what else could I include in my post what do you like it was just like always asking for permission and since I've stopped asking for permission and come into this more like informing energy which is my strategy like I think I've literally like almost tripled like my revenue just from that alone so I feel like that has been such a big game changer for me and I think one of the biggest things that have come out of all of my human design readings so far and I think I've literally heard this in every single reading is oh wow okay so there's there's not actually anything wrong with me that's actually just right for me and I feel like that just sums up what human design is and what I got from human design it's like oh okay wow like there's not actually anything wrong with me I'm not just the random black sheep and the exception to the rule that nothing's ever going to work for me I'm here to make my own rules and like when I just jump in the slipstream of the way that works for me, like everything just flows. And I was constantly swimming up someone else's stream and trying to make it work. And what human design has given me is the permission to just get in my stream and just sit in one of those cool little like ring floaty things and just float down the stream with a bloody cocktail in my hand. Like it's just like giving me so much more ease in my life and business. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So Tell us as a general overview of what human design is. So basically human design is a master system that was created by a guy called Ra Uruhu and it blends together the I Ching astrology, the Kabbalah, um, the Hindu chakra system and quantum physics. So it's basically calculated on your birth time, your date and your place to reveal your genetic and energetic design and basically what your soul intended for you in this lifetime you know what exactly is like you know when people talk about your soul blueprint like this is legitimately 
your soul blueprint. It's all of your natural gifts, strengths, how you're here to make decisions, what archetypes you're here to play in this lifetime, like clues to your purpose, the type of energies that you have stored in your body, like how you're here to make decisions, like literally everything is in this system. There's virtually probably nothing that you'd want to know about yourself that you can't uncover through human design. Awesome. Awesome. So tell (laughs) us the five energy types. So there's five energy types. The first I said, like the manifestors, which is what I am. Um, then there are the generators, which is what you are. Um, there's the manifesting generators, which is a hybrid of the two. Then there's the projectors and the reflectors. And to kind of give you a little bit of an understanding, I guess, of like how we kind of all work together, because there are no superior energy types. We're all literally, you know, if you're thinking about a moving car, right, you wouldn't make 7 billion doors like (laughs) you would make a piece of each part of the car so we're all the way that I see it you know here to fuse together when we're in beautiful energetic correctness and not actually trying to be another energy type we're all here to you know fit together so that we can move the collective forward and you know if you're thinking about basically the energy types if they were to go on a road trip (laughs) you know the manifesto would probably be the one that was like okay like we're gonna go here like I'm bored get in the car we're going here (laughs) and then the generators would respond and be like oh that sounds really exciting I've heard some really good things about this place like this is what I think we should do on the other end it's gonna be really fun like oh my god like okay so I think we should just get there as soon as possible so we can do it and just like have the most fun and then the manifesting generator would be like oh well yeah but like let's take the scenic route like who cares like let's get a little bit lost have some like other experiences on the way there it's gonna be so fun like just change direction like who cares and then the projector would probably be in the back seat already got the map up like looking up like where there were traffic breakdowns looking at like effectiveness and like ways that they could perfect and correct and improve (laughs) the direction of the trip and how we would get there safely and then basically at the end of the journey, the reflector would be the one that would be like, oh, that was actually really fun. Like, you know, and we made it there on budget. And, you know, I feel like, you know, this is like what we could maybe improve next time. And this is where I feel like we worked really effectively. So they would like reflect the whole journey back to us. And we could really tell the health of the road trip by what their mood was like. So if the reflector was off, we would know that the road trip was shit. <laughs> so the reflector really supports us to see every aspect of what, what had gone down. So mm-hmm. We're all here to work in our own energetic correctness and then work together that's going to support the harmonization of the planet. But the problem is, is that we've all been conditioned so deeply away from our own energetic correctness. You know, for me as a manifester, I my deepest conditioning has been to operate like a generator because generators and manifesting generators make up the biggest portion of the population. So they're really the set point for society and a lot of that kind of like hustle grind you know always working kind of energy comes from the fact that you guys out of all of the energy types have the most ability to do that whereas me as a manifester I work in surges and rests so in my rest periods I was beating myself up and trying to push myself through and show up and be consistent all of these sort of things and I was working through my rest periods and diminishing the ability to really have a creative surge and I'm really here to have these big explosive surges and when I'm in a surge it's like unstoppable energy could probably work like 16 hour days for like two weeks and then I might have a month where I'm just like "Eh, whatever like waiting for the next creativity burst to kind of strike and push me into that big expansive action again and also as a manifesto like being told no slow down like be quiet like all these sort of things and I'm you know conditioned to be a good little girl to not break the rules, like do all these sort of things, which is actually what I should have been doing. I should have been 
you know, being encouraged to be big, loud, expressive, like take action, do my own thing. But, you know, we're constantly shoved into a box. So manifestors then get this complex and it's like, well, actually I'm too much and I should, you know, bend myself to make sure that no, I make, doesn't make, don't make anyone uncomfortable. And then that's when that people pleasing behavior can come through. So there's so many different ways that each of us as our different energy types can be conditioned out of our magnificence. So what human design, I think first is it's the awareness of the truth of like how you came into this world before, like you came with your little soul blueprint and then society grabbed it, threw it out the window and gave you the stock standard copy. So it's about now throwing out the stock standard copy and then coming back into the slipstream of what your energy is naturally here to do and how you're here to engage with the world. Mm, Awesome. Okay. And so let's kind of break down the five energy types and their main like indicators, right? So it's like, how would you know that you're a manifester? So the only way you would know for sure is if you actually looked it up on the website, because it's not, I guess, like, you know, a personality test per se. So there might be things that you'll hear and you might resonate, but there might be other aspects of your chart that are indicating that that is why as well. So it's not as cut and dry as like, oh yeah, that's totally me. You definitely need to look up and I'll give you the link so you can put in the show notes. You can look it up yourself. Your chart probably will make no sense and look like you need a science degree to read it, but you can definitely find out your energy type. (laughs) Um, So the biggest defining, I guess, thing about a manifesto, like I said, um, we're here to initiate, catalyze, and our strategy is to inform. So we're basically here to, uh, we have a closed and repelling aura. And the reason why is not to keep people out. It's so that we can literally push any resistance out of our way so that we can initiate and carve new realities. And, you know, we basically, um, you know, need to essentially inform (laughs) so that we can allow people the option to get on board or get out of the way. That's why our strategy is to inform. So we have this closed and repelling aura to kind of move things out of the way so that we can initiate and catalyze. Our signature emotion is peace and we'll feel peace when we're able to do our own thing and just move without any resistance in our way. (laughs) We'll feel anger when we feel like we're being slowed down. People are telling us to do something that we don't want to do. People are telling us what we're doing is wrong or that we should slow down. We should change our mind. We should take more thought and consideration into that. All those things, any resistance that we meet, we're going to experience anger. So that's kind of like the manifester in a nutshell. The generator and manifesting generator technically fall under the same category of a generator but the kind of two differences between the two like you guys have the same signature um which is kind of like your aligned self um which is satisfaction and you're not self as frustration so you both share that in common and what sets you guys apart from the rest of us is you have a defined sacral and the sacral is basically like the engine in the car so you've got consistent reliable access to that energy to see something through to the end and as a generator like one of your biggest gifts and I think one actually one of the biggest misconceptions around a generator is that you guys are the worker bees and that's something that I hear and sometimes people get despondent when they hear that they're a generator and that's so not true I would just love to like blast that myth out of the water straight up generators are magnificent and we absolutely need you guys because like for me like I with an I don't have a defined sacral and because I'm here to work in surges and rest I literally like I couldn't do it alone (laughs) I I need you know the beautiful generators to support me um, in those periods of rest as well and generators I think are magnificent leaders because not only can you guys see point B from where point A is and you've got that clear visionary capacity to see that end result but you've also got the energy to get yourself there and you can also methodically 
figure out the steps that are going to take you there as well. So generators are incredible leaders and guides in that way because they can see the end result and also have the energy to see something all the way through. I do not have the energy to see something all the way through sometimes. So I think generators really are here to, um, yeah, walk us through that process and have that energy. And you guys have an open and enveloping or open and inviting aura. And one of the things about the generator and manifesting generator is that when you guys are doing things that surprise, delight and excite you and you're in a space of joy, that sacral energy basically turns into a magnet. So if you just imagine it like spinning and the more and more and more like the things that you're doing that enjoy and light you up, like you literally become a magnet and you're just going to like suck all of those beautiful opportunities and everything towards you when you're in a space of joy. So generators are really here to follow their joy and not really be in service to the other first, but be in service to yourself first, because when you're in a space of a full cup and a space of joy and pleasure and fun and surprise and delight, then you're naturally as a byproduct going to support the rest of us because we're going to see you in your joy. We're going to experience the byproduct of that joy and those experiences are going to magnetize to you. So the difference with the manifesting generator is that they, I think, have more of, I guess I would call it a hummingbird energy. So like I said, like they're the ones that like want to take the scenic route. <laughs> they're going to like be a little bit more in a space of like, yes, can totally have the energy to get you to point B, but might want to take a detour, might want to like change their mind. They're very innovative, um, very much about that cross-pollination. So, you know, one of the things with the manifesting generators is they might feel like they change their mind too much and people are like well you can't you keep changing your mind why do you want to do that now yeah you've only done that for two years like why do you want to move on already and that's actually energetically correct for a manifesting generator they are actually here to innovate and be in spaces that excite and allow them to innovate as well so there is going to be a little bit more like flex and change and pivoting for a manifesting generator and that's perfect they're the type of people that probably can multitask or have multiple tabs open and that feel really good for them they might feel really boxed in when they just have to sit and focus on one thing for ages so more of that kind of like hummingbird energy but again that open and inviting aura and with both of you you're incredible at gathering team and community and building collaborations because people are naturally magnetized to you and you have the ability to support and hold them in that beautiful open and open energy too awesome awesome so good how have you experienced being a generator literally that like when i'm following my joy and i feel lit up by something then everything yeah absolutely gets magnified to me for sure absolutely and i find that especially when it comes to like the energy piece like i can follow through and i've always been someone that's really good at finishing things yeah. it's almost like a an obsession like I can't leave things open they have to be closed <laughs> yeah and then the last two so the projector um they're basically here as these incredible deep guides leaders co- like so many coaches I know are projectors um because they have a really deep and penetrating aura and the ability to see not only into the other but just into our world and our realities as a whole and they have a very beautiful innate gift to perfect and correct the energies around them and guide the energies around them and I feel like I can almost tell a projector now because they have such a deep <laughs> penetrating gaze and presence like that you 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 can never not feel seen from a projector like they literally see you so deeply um and um you know they're really here to to guide us and you know to really be able to see so deeply 
into the other and really support us in that way. Um, their not self is bitterness and their um, signature is success. So they're very driven by success and a tripwire for them is to um, be so lost in that achievement-based focus that they lose sight of that play and fun because they um, also similarly to a manifest of it in a little bit different way, they don't have a defined sacral. So as a projector, because they are so focused and so um, giving so much of their energy out, they also like, you know, have also on the flip side, absorb other people's energy as well. So understanding where they begin the other ends and also really being able to support them to have a lot of rest and nourishment as well. They're not here to work, you know, eight, 10 hour days three and four hours, they'll probably get more done than all of us. So having these short focused bursts of work as well um, and really being mindful of where they're giving energy outward to the other. Um, and their strategy is to wait for the invitation. And there's so much I could say on that, but, you know, another podcast. But um, basically the the crux of that is, is because they have this really deep and penetrating aura, it's almost like a spotlight. So they need almost permission to shine that spotlight. You know, it'd be like when you maybe are having lunch with a girlfriend, you're like, she's like, what do I do about my boyfriend? You're like, well, he's really crap. Like, and I can really see that he's not good for you. <laughs> and if that person's not ready to hear that, like that's going to feel like an assault. So it's like that projector, because they can literally see, like there's probably so many projectors that are like, oh, I knew that. I saw that. If you only just let me share that with you. So it's like that kind of energy that needs that permission. So to wait for that invitation. Um, but there's so much more I could say about that. And I love debunking this, but I could go on a whole tangent about that. Um, and then the reflectors. So the reflectors, um, the, the defining thing with the reflector is they actually have no defined energy centers in their chart. So their chart is completely white. They're completely open. And that is a really beautiful gift, I think, because they are really here to, if you were to think about, they would be like the natural, um, you know, in tribal times, they would be like the head of the tribe that they could really like monitor the health of what was going on around them. Like we can really determine the health of our society by the health of our reflectors and our environment, because they have the ability to really reflect back ourselves like they we can see ourselves in them we're constantly being reflected back to ourselves it's almost like a mirror ball like there'll be moments where the light is bouncing and then it's absorbing and there's like so much of that energy where they are really um like reflecting back the environment um and their signature is surprise and their not self is disappointment and they are really here to be in this really beautiful they've got a sampling aura so really just here to like sample and be in this like constant state of surprise and delight for themselves as well so there's so much of the way that we all work together that's so important um, but we can only you know be ourselves like reflectors are conditioned to be like everyone else and they're so unique they're only one percent of the the population you know and projectors again similar to manifestors conditioned to be generators and go into burnout and bitterness so there's so much of the way that we are really um you know and again for projectors also conditioned to be manifestors to go like and the same with generators to go after it to go and get it to make it happen to initiate and you know as the projector with the wait for the invitation and the generators you guys are here to respond so we need to be able to understand these aspects of ourselves so that we can actually give ourselves permission to live in accordance to our energetic strategy so that we can stop trying to be like everyone else and just do what works for us because none of it's good bad right or wrong it's just what is correct for you mm, yeah absolutely totally agree and I think it's so key that we do come back to that level of permission to do things the way that we want to do it and not have to be constantly looking outside of ourselves for that validation or approval or constantly looking outside of ourselves for the answers, right? Because we already know within what we need and we just have to, need to learn to trust that for sure. So talk to us about the consistency versus inconsistency in regards to business yeah. and the energy types. 
Oh my God. So, so much. I feel like this is like, I never understood why the word, like why this idea of showing up consistency used to trigger me so much. I'd be so angry. I'm like literally in my not self fucking stop telling me to show up consistently. I'm like, I hate it. Um, and like now understanding as well, there's a lot, I think, you know, if we just to start at the, the energy types, you know, some energy types are going to be more conditioned towards consistency, you know, manifestors, I guess, if we're going in surges and rest in our rest periods, we're not probably going to want to show up online. So there's like already like the energetics behind the energy types that is going to dictate whether we are more consistent or inconsistent. Um, and, you know, a generator might be compared to a manifestor more consistent in terms of that energy of like having that energy to show up every single day, like online, if you wanted to, if it was what gave you joy, then you would be able to go and go and go with that. Whereas, you know, projectors would be able to probably show up in short focus bursts every day, but like they might not be able to create an Insta story that goes all day or, you know, they might not even want to. They might have other areas that they want to focus their deep and penetrating aura on. And if it doesn't surprise or delight, <laughs> you know, the reflector, like maybe they don't want to show up either. They might need to take time as someone who is so open and needs so much deep alone time and replenishment like giving their energy outwards all the time or being immersed in an environment because social media is still an environment that maybe isn't um, nourishing them. They might need to take time to step away from that too. So understanding that each of the energy types initially probably have more, um, you know, depending on how your energy works, whether you are working in bursts or rest or whether you're quite consistent level energy or whether you've got more of a sampling energy, if your energy is more focused, that's, going to be the first determinator towards that but then there's also other aspects in your chart you know there's a there's a gate um like five and 15 and they kind of sit like opposite each other that create a channel but i have um the gate of fixed patterns so there's part of me that kind of likes a little rhythm i like to be in a bit of a rhythm and that's something that leads to a little bit of consistency um, and then there's also the, the opposing energy to that which is the gate of extremes and that's probably more prone towards inconsistencies um, then we also have a little like arrow at the top the very first arrow that you see on your chart um, if it's facing towards the right it's more towards the feminine so more of a flowy inconsistent energy and if it's facing towards the left it's actually more masculine driven so more consistent then in terms of the energy centers if you've got a defined sacral you're going to have the energy to probably want to go and go and go a little bit more or have the capacity and the energetic capacity to show up more because you can have the energy to do so. If you've got a defined heart, you've got access to willpower. So you're going to probably want like well, more access to consistent willpower. So you have the willpower to show up more consistently, the drive, you know, the desire, you know, to show up where that really meets you. So there's so many different elements of our chart that can either swing us towards a very feminine inconsistent kind of energy or a very masculine consistent energy or sometimes we have this like opposing energy this yin and yang which i have a lot of yin yang in my chart of like you know i've got a defined root which is always like do something hurry up and like i don't have the you know defined heart so i don't have access to that like consistent access to that willpower i don't have that consistent access to the sacral energy i've got an inconsistent arrow but then i've got this gate of fixed patterns um then i've got my manifesto surges and my rest so there's so much of me that's like very much about the ebbs and flows and that's been a huge piece for me to step into permission wise is to actually give myself permission to be in a state of ebbs and flows. I don't need to be in a constant ebb or constant on um, to, 
to really be successful or to have the success that I want in my business, giving myself permission to actually be in my up and down kind of energy and like have the consistency and the drive and wanting the pattern and, you know, showing up every day when I want to, and then being like, yeah, that's gone. I'm going to give myself permission to rest now, you know, like, so like actually giving myself permission to be in that rather than push through. So just to know that like, you don't need to show up every single day, post every single day, be seen on Insta story every single day to be a success. Like only do what feels right to you. And like, I literally had my biggest month ever last month. And I I literally went back and I was like, what did work last month? I was like, did I post some cool stuff? No, only posted four times. Okay. That wasn't it. (laughs) So (laughs) there's like, you know, but like when I did post, there was so much energetic alignment behind that. And I think that like, for me, that's something that I've really come um, to understand as well is that like the more that we are coming from the communication style that matches our energetic strategy, that the potency behind those shares, when we have the desire and the calling to share from that space, like the ripple effect of that is so much more powerful than like, Oh fuck, I should do a post, Mm. just punch one out. Oh, that was crap. Who cares? Like it's like literally having McDonald's or like a really like delicious <laughs> home cooked meal. You know, it's like the energy yeah. behind that. It's like fast food sharing and like forcing yourself to be consistent or coming back into this space of like complete nourishment and potency. Mm, so good. And I love that. And I think even just considering it from that point of view, like when you see then others sharing online, recognize that just because they're doing it one way doesn't necessarily have to mean it's right for you. And I love that how human design gives you that permission to be like, you know what, like that's great for them because that works for them, that's their design. But if it's not yours, then you've got to really feel into it. And I find that so much for myself that when when I'm not in my joy and when I'm not lit up and fascinated by something that I'm sharing, like, like you just said, like if I'm just sharing something because I think that I have to, because it's like, oh, I'm in launch or, oh, it's because like, I haven't posted in four days. Like yeah. it's always a flop. Like it's literally like, well, that went nowhere. <laughs> even if it's a written post, like people can, like your aura, and we're talking about, you know, closed and repelling or open and inviting or whatever it is, people can feel your energy before they even read the post, before they even turn off like or turn the sound on for the Insta story or whatever it is. Like they can yeah. feel your energy and like you would totally know this as anyone who's been on social media you can tell whether it's a forced post or like a token post to like fill up the grid or you know to pop a quote in between the picture and like whatever it is it's like you can tell when it's like forced or when it is coming from a space of like deep desire or want or creation or excitement or passion or whatever it is um and you're way more likely to engage or lean in when it's the latter rather than the first you'll keep scrolling so it's like there's not even any point and I think there's this idea that like we have to be visible to be memorable and I just don't think that that is the case you know like even when I had all of December off I was still getting dms I was still getting messages like even though I wasn't showing up online or being visible because I trusted and this is where that building that trust comes in like that it's it's going to be looked different to other people it's like I don't need to be seen this month to be felt. That was like the attitude that I came at it, at it with. And I think that like, that is like the thing is like, just trust. Like if you haven't posted for a few days, people can still see you, you know, like one of my most favorite manifestors ever is Peter Kelly. 
And like the reason I like just love her so much, she has the same profile as me too, I believe, which is a six two, um, which is this like role model hermit. So it's like the manifest energy on crack, but it's like, she will like literally be like, I've like um, got four books and I've just dropped 12 podcasts. And then like, she'll post like frantically for like two weeks and then she'll just disappear for like potentially up to three months. <laughs> but like, even like in that whole time, I'm like, what she's doing and like sometimes I'll just like flick on her page and like read some of her old posts sometimes I'll even share them even though like she'd been gone for like months so it's like trust that that energy is still felt and that you're still top of people's mind when you're holding your energetic integrity you don't need to be constantly in people's faces Mm. for them to feel your gifts yeah totally absolutely agree so what are some of the other key indicators when it comes to business? Like what have you noticed with the readings that you've done or how you how you have used human design in your business? What are some of the other key things that people would get from having a reading? Yeah. So I think, a, like I said, that, that strategy and the energetic strategy behind, um, you know, how you're here to use your energy to deliver your gifts. Um, the other thing that I would say that is really potent, obviously, other than the permission piece to come into like, whether you are naturally more inconsistent, consistent, um, there's also a lot of the energies in your chart that determine whether you're more strategic or more creative as well. Um, so giving yourself permission to lean into that, but there's nine energy centers in the human design chart. And one of the biggest things with this is that we have defined, well, unless we reflect it, we have defined and undefined energy centers. And the defined energy centers are almost like, you know, if you're thinking about you came in from a past life, they were the things that you nailed as your course load from a previous lifetime and they're your innate gifts and your open energy centers are your course load for this lifetime. So your defined centers are really incredible to explore because they're the things that are going to come really natural to you that are going to support you to amplify the learnings from your open energy centers and our open energy centers are you know for example I'll use mine so I have an open undefined heart and you know like I said my biggest challenge in life up until you know recently was this belief that I wasn't good enough and that very much comes from that undefined heart of you know feeling unworthy or undervalued Um, and for me like my journey of like self-belief and self-worth has been so huge and it's something that is one of the key core components of what I teach other women now. So we can really get so many beautiful gifts and insights to A, what our incredible strengths and gifts are, um, and also what we're really here to teach in this lifetime. Because where we're open and undefined, we have the most capacity to influence and impact. So you can really tune in in your reading and see like, what are the experiences that you've really had from where you've gone from A to B in your open centers? And how are you maybe already using that to impact and influence? Or how can you start to lean in to impacting influence? And if you're new to business, it's like, oh, great. Like these are like the fucking incredible clues of like how I'm here to really support the collective. Um, So there's that. I think that's really, really supportive in in both. And then I think also just that there's your archetypes that you're here to play, which I think support you to understand. Like I said, mine's role model hermit. So um, giving myself permission to go into my hermit cave, um, understanding that, you know, gave me deep understanding to why the first 30 years of my life were so tumultuous, because that's literally the the sixth line. We like have all of this trial and error in our first 30 years of life so we can alchemize it into wisdom. So it gives you kind of understanding of like, again, the archetypes that you're kind of here to bring your purpose to life. 
Um, and there's a lot of um, energy in your profile as well that kind of explains, I guess, what your natural propensities are. But also like there's four different energies in your chart that if you really embody them, are going to naturally bring your purpose towards you as well. So there's a lot in your chart that you can kind of look at and unpack that are going to give you an indication of what are the big consistent magnetic energies that are in your in your body alive in your body that you can really use and lean on to bring your gifts to life and what, what are you kind of here to, to learn and how are you here to add value through your openness and through the possibility and what are the energies that you need to embody to kind of bring those two together um you know there's also um a one of your one of your gates falls in your mercury which is very much to do with like mercury is the god of communication so also like there's so many incredible clues about what your overall brand and marketing message could be potentially from your where your conscious mercury sits so there's so much about that that like you can really look for, for clues around what is your branding what's your purpose how you hit impact and influence, how you here to, you know, monetize um, from your openness or your, and like what are the, the gifts that you've got to kind of amplify those into reality. So there's so much there that you can unpack to kind of to look yeah. at. But, you know, even how you're here to make decisions, particularly as, you know, people in business, like <laughs> um, that was something I used to struggle with. I used to identify with indecisive, but now I just recognize that it's actually um, how my authority dictates how I'm here to make decisions so it also takes a lot of that pressure off you know when you are in business and you are operating solo of like how am I actually here to energetically correctly make decisions mm, there is so much honestly like we could have talked like all day about human design I'm sure <laughs> um so for those who are fascinated by this and want to get a reading what's the next step so you can go directly to my website, which is kirstenmorrison.co, and then you can click on services and drop down and you can either book a reading for human design on there or you can book a breathwork session if anything from the start of that really piqued your interest. Um, and then if you're looking to fuse all of those together and kind of go on a really deep dive journey um, with me over three months. Um, I also have one-on-one -on -one mentorship that now kind of like works through um, deconditioning all of the parts of yourself that um, aren't yours to carry and getting yourself into alignment with your energetic strategy, um, you know, looking at your gifts, looking at the lessons that you're here to imbue and all of the things that are in the way of you trusting yourself and kind of like being in ownership of that individuality as well. So they're kind of like the three main ways that you can step into this incredible journey together. Mm, love it. I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. It's been such an awesome journey, such an awesome exploration of both breathwork and human design. Yes. And I think, you know, the reason that I love doing both is, you know, and obviously fusing it together with the coaching as well is that they're both such incredible, powerful tools in different ways to strip out all the parts of ourselves that are not our truth and come back into what is. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. Beautiful. It's been such an incredible conversation and I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me again. My pleasure. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.